G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. The reality is all of us need a Saviour. See, we know that our life without something beyond ourselves is insignificant. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me on Today with Jeff Vines. And we're still looking at the life of David. We're making our way through 1 Samuel. Today, it's the rest of a message on what happened after David won the battle with Goliath. We'll pick it up now with Pastor Jeff. He's talking about the origins of David, the hero. I know I'm going to get emails on this next statement, okay, and these next two, so I'm ready for them. And why I do this to myself, I have no idea. Glutton for punishment, maybe. This is why the feminists talk about how much they detest Cinderella. The feminists despise Cinderella, and they want Cinderella removed because they say Cinderella lives this drab life, she's sort of a slave, and a handsome prince comes along and rescues her. And the feminists say, that's bad because you're going to make women start to look at men as saviors to rescue them from their mundane, average, inconsequential life. Now, let me just say something about the feminists. They're half right. There is some truth in that. And they'll say, women don't need anybody, not depend on no one. So Cinderella paints a false scenario. Now, on behalf of all men everywhere, I have two statements. Number one, it's a fairy tale. It's just a fairy tale. You know, the, the giant and the climbing. I mean, it's a, it's a fairy tale. But number two, okay then, if you're going to open that book of fairy tales, I'm going to open it too. And we men wanted to say something. We feel like we're never heard. We got our own issues. For instance, that doggone frog prince. <laughs> he tells us that we're ugly and unloved and all we need if we're ever going to find meaning in life is some beautiful woman to come along and kiss us so we don't feel like spit anymore. So how about that? You got Cinderella? And it's not, it's not only the frog prince. There's another one. What about Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, what about that? Well, we look like, I mean, we just don't deserve to live. But if there's a beautiful woman that will come and rescue us, then we will find meaning, purpose, and hope and be the knight in shining armor and the handsome man we all want to be. What about that? It's a fairy tale. That's all. But the reality is, All of us need a savior. See, we know that our life without something beyond ourselves is insignificant, is mundane, 
is inconsequential. But the problem is a hero can never provide that for you. You have to have something eternal that takes you to a sense of beyond. And that's where we close the sermon. That's where we bring in Jonathan. Jonathan has the only appropriate response to the slain of Goliath. He doesn't worship the hero. He doesn't hate the hero. He looks at the origin of the hero. Hero origin. From where did the hero come? Now, folks, this is powerful here. I want you to follow me. After David, the Bible said, had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. And Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. And if you know anything about the story, all these things that Jonathan gave to David represented Jonathan's right as the son of Saul to be the king over the nation of Israel, and he willingly gave it to David. Why on earth would you do that? Jonathan sees David defeat Goliath. Remember what we said last week? You know, he sees him. It's all over. He sees David go to his father, Saul, and say, Saul, would you stop with the bragging on me stuff? It's all because of God. It's not because of me. God did it. The Bible says Jonathan's heart at that point just went toward David, and he loved him as himself. Why? Why does he love him? Because Jonathan looked past the hero into the God who provided the, the blessing. And Jonathan was so happy that David reminded him that God was real and had anointed David and his power was real that Jonathan came to a quick point in his life where he said this, if I've got God, I don't need anything else. If I've got God, I don't need anything else. And I see that the anointing of God is on you, David. Being the king is not important to me. That's a physical, temporal thing. You've reminded me that God is real and his anointing is on you. And I love you for that, man. I love you. In verse 17 of chapter 23, Jonathan says, David, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. In other words, I'm going to serve you. Even my father Saul knows this. Jonathan was able to do that because he saw the God behind the slain of the giant. Just to make sure you understand that that is true. Look at verse four in chapter 19. Let not the king do wrong to his servant, David. He has not wronged you and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel. The Lord won the victory and you saw it and were glad. What is the application in all of this? Please listen, it's the end of the message, but it, it'll move quickly, but it's the point. Remember in the David story, it's always the point. The last thing is the one thing we, ha we have to get. I met a young girl this week. Young guys, listen up. Met a young girl at a restaurant that shall remain nameless. I recognized her as being part of our church, but I hadn't seen her in a while. And I said to her, I said, Hey, I haven't seen you at church in a while. She used to come, I mean, every Sunday night, I believe. She must have seen the look on my eyes because she said, oh, it's not because of you. And I thought, well, then, all right, well, as <laughs> long as we got that straight. No, no, no. She said, it's not because of you. I said, well, why is it? She said, well, I'm mad at God. We're not speaking right now. I was kind of, you know, that's pretty honest. I, I, I say, be honest. So I, I, I was impressed. I said, well, what'd he do? He said, well, I asked for something. He didn't give it to me. So you know, I'm just mad. So I'm just not speaking to him right now. Maybe I'll get over it and I'll come back. 
part of me wanted to say, man, if you've been coming for the last few years, haven't you heard me say that God is not like a genie in a lamp that you rub three times and he says, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? No, it's not like that. But my mind didn't go that way. It went the way of the message this week. And when the time is right, I'll ask her the question I want to ask you before you leave today. Okay? Sometimes you get mad at God when he doesn't give you what you want. But the bigger question is this. How do you respond when God does give you what you want? What do you do then? Because that determines how willingly he is to give you the blessings the next time. I have young guys come into my office and say, Jeff, Pastor Jeff, please, you got to pray for me. I met this young girl. She's the one. Pray that God would move mountains. And after I see her, he's going to have to move mountains. Move mountains, please, so that I can get the girl. And he gets the girl. I see him a couple weeks later. Did you get the girl? Pastor Jeff, I got to have you pray for me more often, man. I got the girl. And rather than getting on his knees and praising God, I see him walking with a swagger. I got the girl because I'm the man. I got the girl because I'm the man. I mean, I can't believe I even doubted. I mean, I'm glad you prayed, but probably I didn't need it that much. Man, these guys, I want to just, ooh. You guys, I just want to tell you, I've seen your wives, and most of you married way over your head. It is what it is. Uh, in football terminology, you way outpunted your pun coverage. <laughs> Do you thank God for your wife? You know, what was your response? When your wife said, yes, I'll marry. Did you thank God? <laughs> Wives, if you've got a man that's out there, even in a tough economy, that's trying his best to make it. Do you thank God for him? Do you see your husband and wife as a gift of God? Because if you see them as a gift of God, you'll treat them differently. I have people come to me, businessmen, and say, Jeff, pray for my business. Will you pray for my business? Yeah, I'll pray for your business. I'll pray for the business. And do you know what happens? God blesses the business, and then I don't see them at church anymore. Because <laughs> they don't need God. They got money, and now they can go to Palm Springs, and they can go down to Hollywood. They don't need him. Now, don't you find that amazing? See, do you not think that God can look into the future and know what happens if he gives you the gift? I've had people, I've prayed for people to be healed and somebody gets well and I'll see them a few weeks later and it's amazing. I'll say, Hey, I'm so glad that that heart surgery went well. You're, you're better. It's all good. The first thing out of their mouths, Hey, you know what, Pastor Jeff? I am so glad my sister gave me the wisdom to go on the internet and find the best hot doctor. <laughs> Modern medicine is a marvel. I think, wait, 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 wait a minute. Have you knelt down and thanked God who provided the medicine and the doctor? It's amazing. You say, Pastor Jeff, I am not a hero worshiper. And yet so many of us worship our careers. Our career gets the best of our time, our talents, our money, and our thoughts. God blesses our business. And what do we do? We become distracted by it and give him very little time. And yet you still want him to open the windows of heaven and bless your marriage? I don't think so. God looks at the way we respond. It's real. Do you know that your children can become your God? Father in heaven, please. Give us children. God gives you children, and then what do you do? You live your lives vicariously through them. You get your significance about how successful they are, and everything rides on them, and you forget God. Your spouse can become your God. Now listen, this is the last application. You know your spouse can become your God? God, I know if I had a husband or a wife that 
they'd be my hero and they'd rescue me from an insignificant, inconsequential, mundane life. And then you get married and you think, God, what on earth did you do? Now I got double the problems. <laughs> because you will, that's what marriage is, double the problems. Because they thought you were gonna be the hero. <laughs> Heroes will always let you down. They, and it's not really fair to ask a husband or a wife to be that because they can't, only God can. Now here's how I'm gonna end the message. Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support. The Hebrew word is not to defend, which is surprising because this is military terminology all through this verse. But the word is prosper, that he may prosper those whose heart is completely his. Do you, get, do you see this? Here's what God does, and this is the end. God does this. He looks down and he pans the globe. And he's looking for people that he can trust. If I bless Jeff Vines, he's going to get down on his knees He's going to praise and worship me and he's going to tell everybody what I did because God's not going to share his glory with anybody. I can trust that guy. I think I'm going to just open up the windows of heaven and just dump everything right into his lap. Give and it'll be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. But if he looks at you and says, man, I'd like to pour out some blessings because this is my son or daughter. They're still saved. But you know what? Every time I do, it either becomes a distraction where they forget all about me or they take all the credit. No, thanks. I'm not going to do that. He says, wow, there's a church. Look at that. They just honor me and worship me for everything. Okay, that's it. Release the secret weapon. <laughs> you know, it's just, a, just the blessing cage comes and just opens up over all of us. And God does in the 21st century what he did in the first because he trusts our hearts. You heard about the guys that went to hunting for deer and up in Northern California, and uh, they came across a bear. Do they have bears in Northern California? I guess they do. And big bear, big, ugly bear. And the bear looked hungry, vicious bear. And one of the guys just in panic knelt down and said, you know, God, I don't know what to pray. I just pray you'd make this bear a Christian. <laughs> and as soon as he finished his prayer, the bear knelt down on one knee and said, Father, for this food I'm about to receive, may I be truly grateful. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> you got Here, Here's my point. Let me make it. Let's finish the service. Hey, do you know, do you know that you're going to heaven? Did you know that? That's where you're going. One day, it'll all be over. And it'll be for eternity. So it lasts, that's a long time. And the reason you're going there is not because you were good or not because you didn't sin today or that you won't sin tomorrow, because the grace of God. You're secure. You're going to heaven. You know that. If that's true, and I, 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 when I was in Africa, after I preached in the prisons of Rwanda, we came to Zimbabwe, and on the Monday I was exhausted. It's exhausting. And I took a nap in the middle of the afternoon. And I, does this happen as you get older? Because I woke up and I didn't know where I was and it scared me. Does that happen? To my, does it? All right. <laughs> so I wake up. I don't know where I am. I'm scared. I'm terrified. Then that moves from recognition of where I am. I am back in Zimbabwe. And immediately there was, you know how smell brings back memory? And there's some smell that brought back my memory that when I lived in Zimbabwe in the late 80s, early 90s, that I used to call my mom every week, talk to her. And that was followed by a deep pain because my mom's dead. She died. And I just, and I was alone 
and the pain was just so harsh. I miss my mommy, you know, that kind of thing. Like a little boy, we're always little boys, guys, when it comes to mommy, never changes. And then that was followed by a strong, just overwhelming sense of God saying, you'll see her again. I'm not finished with you here, but you'll see her again. And I thought, that's right. You know you're going to heaven, right? And you know you're going to see all the people. And you know it's real, don't you? You know that's real. There's something inside you that tells you it's real, that there's a beyond and all. You know that? That you'll walk up. And there, I think God, because he's a loving father, I think what he does is the first thing you'll see is him. But as soon as you get past the gate, the next person you see is the one that you long so desperately for. You know that is true, right? You know that's real. Otherwise, why are you here? We're to be pitied, Paul said, if there's no resurrection. Because that's true, what else do we really need? <laughs> if, you, if, that, if that resonates, what else do we need? We've got everything we want in God. That's why I like Jonathan best of all. I've got God. You can have the throne. I've got God. You've got God. I've got God. I beg you to ask God to open your eyes and develop a heart of gratitude for what you do have rather than complain about what you don't have and you feel entitled to. And if that becomes your attitude, God, I don't deserve this McDonald's cheeseburger. I just thank you for it. Hey, by the way, that's a real test of your attitude. When you pray at night, do you just say it to get it out? Because it's become commonplace? Or is there a real something in your heart that says, God, I know there's a lot of people in this world that don't have this. I am grateful. See, your attitude toward that is impacting your children to a degree you'll never know. I need to thank God because I don't, I, I don't have this in my life the way that it ought to be. So I'm going to give you an opportunity as we close our service to join me after I've prayed around the altar. Or you can even do it where you are. But I, I need to kneel down. I like to have a, something that I can kneel down and just thank God for all the things that are in my life and primarily for heaven. And then I'll see my mom. And for you guys whose businesses are doing really well, you know, because a lot of guys, for, I hope that you would come and you would thank God and acknowledge him. It's wise to acknowledge him because he gets a little bit more motivated to say, well, if that's your attitude, here you go. And for those of you who are struggling, I'm not asking you to think that you should be, feel guilty or that God's punishing you, but realize everything ultimately comes from him. Pray a little hard. Just pray. I, you saw, I almost said pray a little harder and you wanted to smack me. I know you're praying hard already. Let's pray for each other. But let's start in gratitude. Father, thank you for today, for your love for us, for what you mean to us. Thank you for the blessings that you poured out in the life of our church and the life of our people. Thank you that you open our eyes today to the truth that every good and perfect gift does come from you and that the manner in which we live our lives and respond to these gifts determines whether or not it, it appears, at least in our mind, that although there's no formula, that it appears that the windows of heaven can indeed be opened up and you will bless us if you trust us with the blessing that it doesn't become a distraction, but it becomes a way by which our focus goes beyond the gift or the hero into the giver. 
So Father, we worship you now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that helps you to be thankful for every good gift from God. That's the end of this message, but I do look forward to your company next time with more in this series on King David. David did have a lot in his life that is worth looking at. If we can have the attitude that he had, it would not only be indicative that God truly does have our heart, but like David, we could change our world. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.